This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell sitting amongst the snowflakes in Denver on April 14th, Sarah. It was, it's snowing nuts. right now. That is nuts. It's nuts. I will take the water. I'm always like, I'll take as much moisture, even though I hate that word. We need it. We need it. Um, but it was like 88 on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, jeez. So oh it's gosh. just like, you know, weather that it doesn't know what it wants to do with itself. Yeah, I'd say so. Wow. Wow. Really conflicted Mother Nature. That's unreal. So does that mean that you are biking in your basement instead of outside? Yes, I, I have been. Um, I yeah, I ride in my basement most most of the time anyway, mm-hmm. just for convenience, and you mm-hmm. can kind of get a better workout, you know, and you don't have to worry about traffic and stoplights, and you know, you get to control how hard the hills are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking of hard hills, I mentioned Mount Lemon a little bit on the podcast that we did last week on Many Happy Miles with John Kelly, but yeah. It was really hard. It was so hard. <laughs> oh, boy. And if you're saying that, Dimity, then mere mortars, mortals would not oh. be able to uh, do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just – I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking that I had enough experience <laughs> to do it, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't what? really have the training, you know? Um, um, someone I know who's super tall always says there's no savings account for fitness. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and part of what I realized with the training is that you just get used to like climbing, right? And Mm -hmm. that is one thing that, um, so I mean, spoiler alert, we didn't make it to the top. We made it, you know, I I put this in my post about it, but, you know, Grant was like, I think climbing for three hours is enough. And I was like, oh no, like Mm -hmm. if we're not at the top at three hours, we're finishing it. I mean, we're going to be close enough. And then Mm -hmm. we got to this point where I thought we would get to in about three hours and, Mm -hmm. um, we got there, which was great. And it's, an, you know, it, it's not like we didn't do nothing. We climbed like 5,000 feet. It was a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. But I just realized like, you know, it's, it's, it's just relentless. You mm. just have to just, you know, kind of put your head down. And mm-hmm. I didn't have, you know, I've, part of the training, I think, and this is like goes with like marathon training or any, really any training is you get used to doing the thing that feels hard for a long mm. time, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with, my bike inside and like, oh yeah, I rode for my longest ride was an hour and 50 minutes. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of had some ups and some downs and my pride got off and went to the bathroom, paused my workout, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, but the best part was that I kind of wanted to relate this. So, so we, we made it pretty far and it's, it's very cool. And I would highly recommend anybody who, um, I mean, I know that like we had a couple of people comment that they live in the Tucson area and they like to ride on Mount Lemmon. It, it's really cool because you start down with like 
it has like five microclimates, I want to say, or wow. something like that. But you start down with like, don't make me say it, but saguaro. Is that how you say it? The saguaro cacti? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, saguaro cacti. Mm-hmm. And then you go all the way up and then there's a ski, like there's a, there's a legit ski mountain at the top. Wow. You know? So it's, it is a little bit, you know, like going through the different stages of, of, um, I don't know, mother nature, like we we (laughs) are here in Colorado. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, uh, you know, for all the gardeners out there, you see all the zones and it's like, you've gone. Yes, exactly. It's, it's a sunset magazine come to life. (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) Oh my God. But then, so the best part was, well, then we finished and I got in the, I got into the basement I got back to the parking lot (laughs) and I was, um, a little, I was just sad, right? Like, mm. and I'm not sure why. Like, I wasn't feel, you know, I didn't set out what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. I was very, very tired. And I think that was most of it, you know. And and coming down is no piece of cake. Like, oh. <laughs> it definitely like gets you. Mm-hmm. You're tired, and your hand, you know. Oh. Anyway, so mm-hmm. we went and had a, a nice, really nice breakfast. Grant and I did, and then we went and met Coach Jen. And oh, nice. um, because she, yeah, so she because she was having a triathlon camp there. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a. Uh, you know, she, she's been doing it for, I think, close to like 20 years now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so these guys, and I think I talked about this at one point, but they were doing, you know, hill repeats. Hill repeats. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Yes. Five, five of them or something. Yes. Five, five miles. No, oh, five, five miles, miles long was each repeat. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Two on, on, on bikes, on bikes. Mm-hmm. On yeah. bikes. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so funny though. I just total aside, I went and got a massage and I told the person about what I was doing or what I did. And, and he thought I would hiked it. And I was oh, like, geez. oh my gosh, no. <laughs> but, but anyway, I went a little faster, not much, but, but uh, Jen, so I'm talking to her and I was like, yeah, this is what we did. And, you know, I mean, I felt better at that point, but I was still, you know, it's, it's just part of who I am. Like when I set a goal, I want to reach it. And mm-hmm. regardless of the, you know, circumstances on the backside. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, you know, a lot of these people I train, to just get up Mount Lemon, like, you know, mm. for, knowing that knowing that they're coming to camp, you know, mm. not, not that that's the only training that they do. But she's like, you know, when I set their workouts, I give them, you know, it is with the idea that they are going to be climbing this because you've got to be mm. ready to climb it, you know, and I was like, mm. okay, that that feels good to me. And then she mm-hmm. told me like, not all of them made it to the top. And that made me feel better too. Oh, the yes. They set out mm-hmm. to climb it because then you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not the only because the other thing too. And again, I know, comparison is a thief of joy but mm-hmm. i look around and tucson is like you know it's like a mini boulder or maybe it's yeah. the same as boulder there's just you know a ton of very you know th- that's where a lot of like cyclist teams go to train and so they're these very sure. fast cycling cyclists in um in like their cute little kits and they are like you know zero percent body fat because that's better for climbing they don't have zero percent mm-hmm. but you know what i'm saying they're very mm-hmm skinny ripped mm-hmm. yes yes and uh no they're not ripped <laughs> well they're ripped on the bottom and then they're skeletal on the top oh like, shoot. do you remember like seeing like like lance armstrong back oh, in the my day gosh. when, when we got used- to be oh my gosh when we well i remember being at that nike camp out in bend oregon with and lance armstrong was there it was before he became a super huge deal and he was just massive below i mean from the waist down his legs were massive oh yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. they don't really want any upper body strength you yes. know so then they kind of got this skeletal I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. that's a, that's maybe not the best description but then and then you add like a cyclist tan on top of that so they're like white <laughs> you know except for they're like you know three-fourths of their arms i mean it's just anyway tangent but um it just made me feel better so thank you coach jen and then she was talking about her going to do this is again 
and then we'll I promise we'll get to the questions. But it was really interesting because it's always it's always comparing what where you are today with where you used to be, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she was going to swim. Like I'd seen her an Instagram thing on that she did. She swam in a master's meet, a, a, a sixteen hundred, which is a mile, right? So yes. a mile mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. times. Four time and she went really fast. And four I, time, yes. One, she yeah. swam sixteen hundred one time, four time. Yes. Four time, yeah. I mean it was a race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she wow. went and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I and I can't remember her splits exactly, but they were very good. And she was like, Oh well, yeah, I used to be like, you know, seven seconds faster or eight seconds faster per hundred meters. And I was like, mm. Okay, mm. but you seem really effing fast to me right now. So, <laughs> you know, and she was going back to Illinois to swim at um at the Illinois state championships as well. She Ooh. did the other one in Arizona, but and I was just like, oh, isn't that interesting? Like, I'm thinking like here I had a, I quote unquote failed, you know, mm-hmm. and she, I know she doesn't feel like she failed in the pool, but it's always this like ghost that's kind of behind you of like mm-hmm. what you, what, you know, what you used to be capable of or what you think you're capable of. And it's just, I mean, it's just a constant head game sometimes, you know? Yeah. But then the fact that, that you as an outside observer, you know, see her time and think, wow, she's so fast. That's so amazing. Oh my gosh, if I could only swim that fast. And and here she is lamenting that she can't swim faster. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm like yeah. thinking, and here I am thinking like, oh my gosh, I only made it two thirds. I Really what I wanted, there's a cabin cookie at the top that when you mm-hmm. get to the ski area or near the ski area, you get a, <laughs> you can buy a cookie like the size of a hub cap, you know, <laughs> that's what I wanted. And I didn't get my cookie. And um, so- Aww. I know, oh, isn't that sad? Little tear, <laughs> crocodile tears. Um, anyway, so I guess it's all perspective, right? It's all perspective. That's what I wanted to say. So it is, it is. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right, here come the questions. This is Gina, who's curious about compression gear and arm sleeves. Hi, ladies. This is Gina calling from Northeast Iowa, and I had a question regarding compression gear. So. Uh, I've got a few pairs of pro compression knee socks and some calf sleeves, and I've worn them for like longer training runs and longer races and also use them as a recovery tool. So wearing them like the couple days after a long or hard run. And my question is, um, when is the actual proper time to use this kind of thing? So I've done a lot of reading myself and have come up with mixed answers. And I guess I never usually see a lot of other people wearing things like that at races. And so I feel like I'm doing it wrong. So just wanted to get your opinion on that. And then also to roll off of that question, um, I was wondering your opinion on like arm sleeves. Do they do anything for you? Or uh, I guess what is their purpose? So um, I've signed up for my first marathon, which will happen in October. And uh, so in Iowa, we can go through all four seasons in a day where it starts out 30 degrees in the morning and by 11 o'clock it is 70. So I was considering wearing like a set of arm sleeves with maybe a tank top and not having the mess with taking off a long sleeve shirt or something like that. So again, I don't see a lot of people wearing those sorts of things around here. So uh just wanted your opinion. So thanks for all you do and I look forward to your answer. Okay, well, Gina, you've come to the right place uh, as longtime gear writers for uh, the likes of Runner's World and New York Times and many other publications. Dimity and I know about compression gear. And so just for the uninitiated, compression socks versus calf sleeves. I just wanted to explain what that is. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but calf sleeves are as if you took a pair of compression socks 
and cut the feet off of them. And so they yeah, only cover. No toes. No, no, they, no toe uh, exactly. They only, they, you know, stop down at your ankle and that enables you to wear the, your regular running socks that you love or cycling socks, or I, you know, I know in your case, you oftentimes, you know, cycle barefoot or whatever. So, um, they're not, yeah, with, <laughs> no, with shoes, no socks no on. Shoes. Not, yeah. Yeah. You just clip in, you have it soldered to the bottom of your foot. Yeah. No, no, no. So no, no socks inside your cycling shoes, but so, and also, I mean, um, I think you could speak to it. Dim, it's good for people perhaps who have larger feet and, or they don't like the feeling of their toes being all cramped up because, you know, the compression socks, they are compression all the way through. So we can get kind of tight on the feet. So that's the difference between compression socks and calf sleeves. Are you saying I have large feet, Sarah? I am saying that, Timothy, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't think it's a matter of the size of feet because they definitely make, you know, XL, XXL socks. I mean, you can definitely get socks that fit the length of your foot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if you don't like that feeling of having your toes crunched up and they definitely, mm-hmm. and it's one thing to have it, you know, when you're like walking around the house or sleeping with them on, but it's another thing to have them in your shoe and running mm-hmm. on them, you know, mm-hmm. step after mm-hmm. step after step as Jim exactly. is training for her first marathon, which is so cool. So a couple of things that they do, and none of this has been like scientifically proven except for one study we'll talk about in one second. So it mm-hmm. is definitely like you are an N of one when it comes to compression gear. And, and whether anyone else wears it in Iowa or you see run people running, I mean, I know other people wear it in Iowa, but whether or not you see it, Gina, like if it feels good to you, do it. Like that's mm-hmm. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That's what we want you to do. Mm-hmm. But good, compression good. sleeves or, or socks. You know, they can dampen the vibration, maybe prevent some micro tears and muscle fibers. Um, but again, that hasn't really been proven. Afterwards, you can put them on after a long run and they kind of help aid blood flow out of the feet and lower legs, kind of bring your, shoot your blood, for lack of a better word, back up mm-hmm. to your heart more quickly so that it can circulate mm-hmm. more quickly and help you recover. Mm-hmm. There's only like the only, Sarah, you dug up this study, which is awesome, um, mm-hmm. from 2015, a study in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning found that wearing compression socks for 48 hours after a marathon improved performance. (laughs) So you're running 2.6% two weeks after the race. So uh, uh, 2.6% two weeks after the race for 48 hours. Like that just feels, I mean, that feels minimal, even if you were, you know, (laughs) someone who ran sub six minute splits. And I'm guessing that most of our listeners um, Mm -hmm. are not in that range. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure feels pretty meager, yeah? It does. It does. I'm just like, wait a minute. How, how how small can we slice the pie on that one? So so it does. But, you know, certainly anecdotally, which I can personally attest to, I mean, when I was doing marathons and, and uh, you know, had much higher volume of training, I would wear them, you know, sleeves or socks, particularly after. I was never much for wearing them during a marathon. I don't. I can't think of a single marathon that I wore sleeves or socks, compression sleeves or socks. And whether it really made my legs feel better, it's not like I wore one on one leg and not on the other. Although some people do that, you know, if they have calf pain or you know, kind of coming back from a tear or something like that. Some people will wear just one when they sleep. But so you know, there are. It turns out that I don't remember this being the case back when we were magazine writers, Dimity, but there's now different levels or grades of compression gear that kind of spans from lighter compression that are now deemed everyday socks. So they're more comfortable, um, you know, just wearing after a workout without feeling like you're being squeezed like you're um, a sausage to then graduated or gradient compression that's tighter around the ankle and then gets looser the closer the 
um, product gets up to your knees. And this balances then out the force of gravity on your body and helps that blood flow get back to your heart. So, Dim, do you wear compression socks or sleeves? No, I never really wore them running. And I've worn them. I mean, I wear them definitely for recovery. Mm, um, and I've okay. been wearing them a lot, actually. Speaking of one-legged, it's a really nice look mm-hmm. on my ankle that's still swollen that mm, that I broke. Sure. So I usually wear that. I wear it to bed sometimes um, mm-hmm. when my and, – and I'm I'm like a rebel. Like I have a pair of – I think they're pro compression. And uh, one says L and one says R for mm. left and right. And I'm yes. like, you know what? I'm going to put my right on my left foot tonight. Ooh, and it's going to be you. okay. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I do that. So it definitely helps with healing, um, you know, and sometimes it, you know, talking about feeling like it's too tight. Sometimes I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Or mm-hmm. I have to rip it off in the middle of the night. Not in so the middle much of the anymore. Night, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I used to wear them. Um, I mean, I remember very distinctly when I was, again, in the thick of my mileage, like you, when, when you were training for marathons, I would wear them. Um, I remember going to a school auction. That mm-hmm. was a very like elementary school thing and wearing them under like my black, you know, knee high boots. I was like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm like, a, you know, a runner. I still got my badge of runner as I go out on a Saturday night. So, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. I should say I am wearing a go sleeve compression knee brace right now as we record this. I've been having um, some knee pain in my left knee. And so that's it's an interesting dual product, the go sleeve. It's compression. And then it also has uh, kinesiology, not exactly tape, but it works like kinesiology tape inside. So then um, you get the benefit of the your skin being slightly lifted off your nerve sensors. So any um, pain or discomfort you have is is minimized. So and I find that it helps. That go sleeve really helps a lot when my knee feels just kind of a little um, painful or inflamed or a little not quite lining up quite right. Sure, sure. So then let's answer the second part of Gina's questions, which is arm sleeves. So there are compression arm sleeves, but I don't get the sense that's what Gina's talking about here. She's talking about arm sleeves for warmth, not recovery. And I adore arm sleeves and have worn them for several of my marathons. So my favorite ones are wool and they are the bomb diggity because they are cool, help you stay a little cooler in the heat. Big Sur Marathon, the year I ran it, 2010, was super warm and sunny. And I wore those things the entire race. And then uh, they can also, um, uh, wool ones can, and any type of arm sleeve, uh, helps you stay warm in cooler or wet weather. Like I wore them in my PR marathon in Eugene, Oregon. I wore arm sleeves with a short sleeve shirt, or some people do wear them with tank tops. And it's just a really, as Gina says in her question, you know, it's just really nice because it can keep you warmer in the start, but then they're easy to peel off and, you know, put into the pocket of your capris or, you know, whatever, you know, even time around your stick them into your shorts or whatever you want to yeah, do to, yeah, they're, to get no, rid of they're not as uh, cumbersome as like taking off a long sleeve that kind of thing yeah 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 and they've been a they've been a staple for cycling for a long time like mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. you know you um wear them like i would as it, using Mount Lemon as an example, yeah. <laughs> I would take them off as I was climbing. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm freezing on the way down, uh, mm-hmm. I would put them on before I headed down. So yeah, I definitely still use them for that. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. I mean, so if, again, if you like them and you, and they're easy to get on and off. I mean, the biggest thing with arm sleeves sometimes is I feel like I have to tug them back up, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes like they feel, you know, I like, I, I like a nice tight elastic fit mm-hmm. on my upper arm. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have one pair that does it well and one pair that doesn't. So <laughs> I just got to make sure I grab the right pair. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Gina, we wish you well in your debut marathon. That's very exciting. 
We'll be back with more questions and answers after this short break. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's Carrie wanting to know about walking a weekly 5K during marathon training. Hi, Sarah and Demity. My name is Carrie calling from Graham, Washington. I have a question regarding recovery day during marathon training. Um, I'm heading into full training in just a few weeks right around the corner here. And I'm starting off with a base of 25 to 30 miles a week and trying to play around with a few things. Right now, my training schedule, I'm looking to do Monday through Friday with uh, Saturday being a carryover day or a crossover day and then Sunday being my recovery day. I'm wanting to know if doing a casual 5K walk with my husband every Sunday would be sabotaging my training during the the marathon weeks of training for those 16 weeks. We tend to like to get out on Saturday and Sunday for just a little 5K around around the neighborhood kind of walk. And I don't want to sabotage training, but at the same time, I want to keep those up if, if it's not going to cause any harm to my training. So anyway, um, I appreciate it. Thank you for your podcast. I really enjoy it. Bye. Well, thanks for calling, Carrie. Uh, Dimity, I should mention that I traded a few texts with Carrie to clarify what she meant by a carryover or crossover day on Saturday. That, that terminology was unfamiliar to me. She said Saturday for her is usually run, although sometimes it's cross-training, so that most times she's running six days a week. And then the final bit, when I found out that answer, I'm like, okay, I have to ask, what age are you? And she said she just turned 36, which kind of made me rethink my original response to this question. Is she like colleague from Canada? I've just never heard that term either. I was wondering what that was. I know. I don't know. No, no, no. Um, I don't think so. No, 206. No, she's from the uh, Seattle area. Okay. All and right. that's kind of cool. close to Canada. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe just the, the carryover is, is, you know, um, coming down. So she does a long run, I guess, on Saturdays. Is that what we're thinking? Or a cross-training day? Uh, no, I don't necessarily know that the Saturday run is long. Okay. So I didn't ask that. I felt I was a little intrusive because I also feel so odd. I respond via text via Google Voice, not not my own phone. So, but I always identify myself. But mm-hmm. I just I I sort of thought, well, she didn't sign up to get a whole bunch of text questions from me. So <laughs> so I was like, okay, last question: What age are you? Um, oh, I think that's okay. Well, so what what do you why do you want to change your response? Well, because when she said so, I you know, being me in my mid fifties, I was like, Oh, whoa, running six days a week, way too much, way too much. And then when she said, well, she just turned 36. I'm like, Oh, okay. You can keep running six days a week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to chide her because she, she's so young and, and, uh, up like kind of well into my forties, I ran 
six days a week. So who knows, maybe that's why I had some bulging discs in my mid fifties, but, um, <laughs> but you know, for most marathoners in training, especially master's age ones, I think that six days a week of running is excessive. Dare I use that word and, and opens the runner up to injury. So do you agree with that assessment coach Dimity? Ah, gosh. Well, she didn't call asking for advice about that. So I kind of feel weird, a little sheepish commenting on it. But I really, again, I think this is an N of one, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, she said she runs 25 to 30 miles a week. Mm -hmm. And so I think that she's very, you know, she sounds like very um, grounded in her running. Mm -hmm. So I would not mess with it if it works for her right now. I I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. Again, like if there's a spectrum, right? There's someone like me who could barely handle four days a week. And then you go up to someone like Des Linden, who is doing, you know, 10 runs a week, maybe mm-hmm. or 11 mm-hmm. or 12, you know, mm-hmm. so like, it's, it's, it's just, it just depends, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but I think it's the 5k, I think is awesome. I, I would totally do that for a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time with your husband together, mm-hmm. I think walking is that's one of the things I, I don't know about, again, like she didn't call and ask for advice on this, but that's what is, Grant and I have some of our best conversations is when we're walking, which mm-hmm. is nice um, mm-hmm. until Banjo interrupts us. <laughs> and then it's good for, for recovery. You know, it's a nice, you know, again, she said it's a casual stroll. So mm-hmm. talking about that blood flowing, you know, just a nice chance to get out, move your muscles, be in the sunshine, mm-hmm. you know, get some fresh air, have a conversation. She's in Seattle. It might not be sunshine, but okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, get out, get some more precipitation, get your hair nice and curly and your skin looking dewy. Yes. And then, yeah, but yeah, totally. I think it's totally fine. I think it's great. And I would keep it up. And I would even, you know, if you start to get really tired, say you're doing a, you know, a 18 week plan and, 14, 15, 16 weeks, you know, kind of where the bulk of the training really comes in. Mm-hmm. I would almost, I mean, it's it's a personal decision, but I would almost trade an easy run or take out, you know, one run during the week and do that walk instead. Mm, you know, just again, like training isn't just about the physical. It's also about kind of making sure that you're mentally balanced and, and in it to win it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you need to take a little break like that, mm-hmm. no harm, no foul. Because mm-hmm. she's obviously, like I said, a pretty dedicated runner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good, good. All right. Well, this is Cynthia taking a break from staining her front deck to call us to ask about my favorite found change. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Cynthia calling from Kentucky. And I am listening to your podcast while staining the front deck. And I heard you say you need more calls. And I have been thinking about this and it is completely useless information in terms of running or any form of exercise. But I have been wondering, with the found change, do you ever sanitize the change once you pick it up? Or are there some pieces of money that you would not pick up because of the germs? Because I have seen some coins here and there, and I just couldn't bring myself to pick them up. And I wondered... What would Sarah do? So I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my question, and I look forward to hearing your answer. The two of you have brought such joy to my life, and I consider you friends as we've spent so much time together. Well, me spending more time with you than you with me. But I hope someday I get to meet you in person. Thank you for what you do. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, Cynthia, I love your question and your sweet comments. Very dear. So I love the question for so many reasons. Yeah. You're my friend, Cynthia. I, I spend time with you too. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also like it that you're staining your deck. Like, I'm just like, oh, I love, you know, I love people that um, 
I love a good like household task list and people that are, you know, just like, okay, I'm going to get it done. You know? <laughs> okay. So Dim, one reason I chose this question is because you recently scored some found change. So you got to tell us. I know I am a very much not a found, whatever. I support your enthusiasm, Sarah, but like <laughs> I never, ever find it on the road on the, you know, I found, I think I, I found a dollar once, right? Riding a bike. I feel like I talked about that once. Mm-hmm. And then I found, you know, $20 in, in, um, the parking lot of Amelia's high school back in the day. That was a big, that was a big score. Yeah. Um, but I never find money, money, like change. Mm-hmm. And then I was at the treadmill. Uh, I was at the gym on Wednesday and I picked one treadmill and I was like, mm, I don't want this one. I shifted one to the right, mm-hmm. pe- peer over into the little cup and there's 50 cents just waiting for me. <laughs> and then I felt I did take it. I will say I did take it. Mm-hmm. And I, but I felt a little weird. I'm like, oh gosh, what if that was like, well, nothing costs 50 cents in the vending machines anymore. But I was like, you know, what if someone like, you know, was saving that for like, you know, their laundry or La- doing laundry? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, no, laundry. Well, at colleges anyway, it's like all app based. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just felt a little I'm like, I should have just left it and let it like, you know, but whatever. I did find I found 50 cents. Nice. I'm 50 nice, cents richer. Nice, nice, nice. It reminds me of my friend Sheila, who saw paper money out I, I don't know how much it was let's say it was three dollars or something and she left it there and i was like you did what and this was out in the street somewhere and she goes well so that if the person who lost it came back to look for it i'm like okay that's not who's gonna come along and find that money it's gonna be the next person who sees it who takes it so anyway um so you nice people okay <laughs> so, so to cynthia's question so here's what i do with the money that i find because my answer is no, I don't sanitize it. And I will say as a side note, Dimity, this morning I went to the bank and actually went in and um, interacted with a teller. And so I deposited some checks and then got some, you know, money, some paper money, some dollars back. And so I asked her, you know, here she is counting out, you know, checking to make sure that she's giving me the right amount. And I said, with this question in mind, I said, can I ask you how often do you wash your hand during hands during the workday? She's like, oh, not too often. She goes, we have this, you know, this hand sanitizer right here. She said, if the money smells really bad, then I will use that. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> so anyway, so no, I don't sanitize it. Molly, one Molly, my um, best running friend, one time made a very cute little felt pouch that um, for me, she's uh, sewing is one of her hobbies. And so she sewed it and it has a little zipper at the top. And then she embroidered on the front, these two little rabbits and they're one rabbit's me, one rabbit's her. And um, they're like run kind of anthropomorphized rabbits. And um, so anyway, so I put it in there, you know, I get back from a run or walk or bike ride or whatever it is, or sometimes being at the gym, I do find change there too. I put it in there. And then at the end of the month, pre-shower, I count my monthly haul. Specifically, I do it before a shower because then I will be washing my my hands will get clean while in the shower. And then I put it in a (laughs) jar that I keep in my closet. So I don't handle it all that much. And I do not ever spend my found change. You know, I have years of found change in my closet. Wow. I mean, how satisfying. Have you ever thought about taking it to one of the grocery machines, you know, in grocery stores and having them them count it all? I have. Well, I keep an annual tally in my phone, in my notes section of my phone. So I could 
you know, give a rough estimate. I have thought about it because sometimes I think, oh, I should really, well, one, I should really donate it. I, I realize that. But if I were to say, okay, I, I found it, I'm going to keep it and I'm going to spend it on something. And I think, oh, I could, you know, find like a nice pair of earrings or something like that so that I could be reminded of my found change. And I'm like, really? Do I, th-? you know, I don't know. Like, I just... I- it's kind of it's kind of the process that's oh, the most satisfying. My it sounds goodness. like it is about the finding. It is not about having that yeah. money for sure. Yeah. 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 I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But I do, I have to say, I kind of like, sim- uh, not sympathize, but I can see where Cynthia's mm-hmm. coming from. Just like I do see like random pennies. And I don't mean to be like, oh, I'm bigger <laughs> than a penny, but. You know, when they're kind of rusty and I don't know, they got some schmuck on them like goose. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't mm-hmm. really, not uh-huh. so much. I do much. have to say the only time I've ever kind of paused and been like, oh, do I really want that money is, um, you know, here in Portland, we have a lot of um, encampments of unhoused individuals and there is some kind of rough looking spare change laying around there. You know, there's just a lot of... um waste and garbage and stuff like that around and and Mm -hmm. so it seems particularly sticky and grubby and even me even the person who keeps her found change like i feel a little guilty you know grabbing a quarter when i see it when it's near someone who's (laughs) when they don't have a place exactly yeah so i yeah 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 yeah. so but it did make me think of um dim of our team member michelle who lives in rhode island and she stopped picking up change on her runs during the early months of the covid lockdown back when you know people would clean off their groceries when they brought them home if if you remember those days oh, yeah oh gosh yeah, oh my yeah. Gosh, let's all go yes. back there mentally ah no uh, yeah <laughs> no, yeah yeah not. so so she um she was kind of worried about contamination and infection and i remember a couple of people during then did tweet me and be like sarah are you still picking up found change and i'm like oh jiminy like you know that that's the least of my worries <laughs> so, yeah sure yeah, sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, if I find if I find anything I've never cleaned it, but it is a good it's a good question. Thanks for making us talk about it Cynthia and, and think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, speaking of questions, we would love to hear yours. Call to that Google voice number that I might just text you from. <laughs> that <laughs> Okay, this is the grim reaper in the middle yeah. of the night. So, the, that number is 470 badass 1, which translates to 470-223-2771. Leave your first name and where you're calling from. Keep your message please to a minute or less and that number is in our show notes so you don't need to memorize it awesome awesome if you're looking for a goal for a fall race this year consider coming to indianapolis with us in the better together program this special program turns 13.1 or 26.2 miles into a team effort we're going to pair up newer runners who are calling protégés with more experienced mm-hmm. runners, they, those are our mentors. They're mm-hmm. going to train together, either virtually or IRL, depending on location. Mm-hmm. And then in real life, on October 28th, we're going to come together in Indianapolis, and you will run either a half marathon or a marathon together and toast to a team effort. And it's this super cool program because you do get that BRF built in, but you also get an hour-long group session with a sports psychologist, mm. an hour-long group session with a sports nutritionist. 
the nutrition for running half marathon and marathon program. Um, we're going to have Q&A sessions with our coaches, Jess and Amy, who are off running Boston on Monday. Good luck, you guys. Good luck. <laughs> and of course, the momentum of a team and then a shirt that is super cute that Coach Jess designed with two mm. pairs of shoes that say better together on them. So check it out at anothermotherrunner.com. We'll link to it in the show notes, and it's also in the training drop-down menu under Better Together and Live Programs. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Keep those questions coming. We're here with answers. And what else, Sarah? Some, well, found... Sticky found change. Sticky found change. Maybe some compression <laughs> socks. I don't know. And the cookie. A cookie the size of a hubcap. Mm-hmm. That's what you get if you call in with a question. <laughs> Um, I, I, not, not, I, you're going to want to, you're going to want to edit that part out, Barry.